Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. Hello, and welcome to Rewrite the Mother Code. I'm Dr. Gertrude Lyons, a professional life coach, exploring, demystifying, and democratizing the maternal power that lives in all women. The experience of mothering may not necessarily mean what you think it means. I believe that mothering is a vehicle for transformation, whether or not we have children. And together, we can start a new conversation around modern motherhood. On this show, we will redefine what it means to mother and untap the powerful feminine within you. Are you ready to rewrite the mother code? This is a Soul Fire production. Hi, listeners. I am so excited for this episode. This is an interview episode with Sanjita Chaudhry. And this is something even before... I knew I was going to do a podcast and, you know, through my whole journey of my doctorate and developing Rewrite the Mother Code, Sanjita has been an integral part of it because she is someone who has really lived it. I look to her as inspiration. And while I've had the opportunity to coach her and her husband and their family, I consider her a leader and she has really forged a path and led the way of modeling the big, beautiful work of inviting, engaging in the transformational opportunity in mothering. And I thought for this first interview, we'd be able to cover several topics uh, that I wanted to. And we didn't, we covered one, but it was a big one. And it was her journey and, you know, along with her husband, but her journey in deciding whether to do a traditional medical birth or a natural childbirth. And what's beautiful about it is it, is it isn't so much about what she decided, but how she decided and the really deep and expansive and kind of really open yourself up to all possibilities journey and learn along the way. 
you know, and she shares about that. And I'm really looking forward to having you all take a listen, hear from somebody who is living this and continues to, and we'll be doing more episodes with her because this isn't the only place that she's applied these principles and applied this work. So without further ado, let's get on with the interview. Hello, Sanjita. Hello, Gertrude. I'm, I, as you know, I'm just super, super excited. Uh, I've been thinking about having you and interviewing you and for so many reasons. And now that I'm in the podcast world, I get to have the opportunity to do it in this mode. And uh, I'm super grateful to have you. So thank you so much for coming on Rewrite the Mother Code podcast. Well, thank you, Gertrude. I, uh, you know, my journey, uh, I, I love these opportunities to talk about my journey, because then it also reaffirms uh, the decisions I've made in the past. And, and also, that I can make significant changes in my decisions in the future too. So thank you. I love that. So I have a few arenas that I want to make sure that we cover in this one. And I, as I was thinking about what I wanted to cover with you, there were so many, and I'm hoping you'll come back as a podcast guest. Um, what could probably be several more times given all the topics that I have in my mind. So we're going to limit ourselves somewhat today, but uh, uh, some definite key highlights. But if you don't mind, like, let's, I want to give our audience and I'll, I'll follow up with some things, but if you could just let people a little bit, let people know a little bit about you in any way that you want to do that, but some specifics and, and whatnot, but just share with our audience a little bit about Sanjita. Sure. Well, um, I am, uh, let's see, I am a Bangladeshi American, uh, first generation born of, uh, within the U.S. of immigrant parents. So a very strong cultural influence from that standpoint. Um, I am uh, an engineer by education and training. I am a chemical and a biomedical engineer. I worked in the corporate consulting world for many years. And now I'm in a pharmaceutical manufacturing company where I am the chief compliance officer of North America. And I am responsible for compliance of uh, both U.S. and Canadian sites and making sure that my company is in, in integrity in all that it does. Go ahead. I am also uh, Mary. Uh, and uh, approaching my 13th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have two young daughters. Uh, they are seven and four and a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, balancing that with uh, a very busy and demanding executive career uh, keeps me very busy. Uh, it sure does. And that is the aspect that I am saving for our next whole podcast is just how... <laughs> You've done that. And so many women, you know, struggle with that and have questions about how, and you've, you've really turned yourself inside out and have, uh, are, are an inspiration to me. And I know you will be for a lot of other women. So I'm foreshadowing um, a future episode <laughs> to really dig into that because it's, it's phenomenal what you've done, Sanjita. And, and I want women to know, but they're, but we're going to back up a little bit um, and go. So your daughters are five and seven. No, seven and four and a half. Seven and four and yeah. a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to back up uh, to them before they were here and uh, <laughs> and the process of you getting there. And I actually know, and this was another podcast that I have in store, um, is just your yours and Lenzor's whole journey in 
um, deciding to have children and conceiving and that whole process. So we're not going there either today, but we're, uh, but that's another beautiful journey that you guys did very consciously and um, have a lot to share about that also. But where we're going to focus today is around you and choices and decisions that you made and experiences that you had giving birth and post-birth to, to with each of your daughters. So you had a natural childbirth with both of them, correct? Yes. Yes. With both of them. Um, and I remember early on, there was no way that that was going to be even a consideration at one point, uh, prior to getting pregnant and early in your pregnancy. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, that is. Okay. So what I I would love for you to, to jump into here is, is to tell me about that, that choice point and what, emerge and evolve for you from the point at which you were like, no way, don't even talk to me about a natural childbirth to, um, yeah, I, I'm, I want to go down that path now. And then we'll talk about, you know, what happened from there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I, I already mentioned that I'm an engineer by education and training and a good portion of my graduate study was, you know, clinical research. And so I am a researcher. I am into medical science. I really believe that these advancements have been made to make our lives easier, make us healthier, make us stronger. And uh, I always, like historically, even now, approach things from a scientific perspective. And uh, when it came to childbirth, my automatic response was obviously a medical birth because this is what uh, science has led to, that um, there are reasons that we have approached these type of advances and why wouldn't I take advantage of this? And, uh, And I think the other thing that really impacted my mindset, and I wasn't really aware of it at the time, is that I had two different camps that I noticed in the world. You have the people who are medical science oriented and the people who are not. And um, everyone that I interacted with prior, not everyone, but a good portion for the years leading up to my daughter's births, that were in the other camp, the non, like the more natural birth camp, they were extremely and um, vehemently and passionately opposed to medical births. And I think that uh, until I actually started walking through the inquiry of what does that mean, I was really reacting to the people who I came up, came up across with. And, and I distinctly remember someone that was close to me, uh, she came to me and she's, when I was pregnant, she said, well, obviously you're going to have a natural birth. And I said, no, I'm going to have a medicated birth because, you know, I'm a scientist. And she went into this tirade of, oh my God, what are you, what are you thinking of? And, and, and it was so judgment based. And as soon as that conversation I had happened, I just thought, well, I'm definitely not going to look at it from your perspective. So it, yeah. it actually made me more affirmed towards a medicated birth. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting from that standpoint that I, at that moment, at that point in time, I didn't realize I was more reacting yeah. to opposing forces outside of me rather than necessarily consciously making a decision of what is it that I want. So I almost took the default position from that standpoint. 
No, I, I think that's great, Sanjita, and to underline, um, and you've articulated it, it's so often we go into these, you know, but sometimes we don't even know they're big choices. They're just like, what so, right? Like, oh, I'm from a medical field. Like, that's just what you do. And then someone comes out and says, well, you're not going to do that, are you? And then we realize, you know, the reactivity that you're talking about. So either way, it's a reactive choice. Um, we're not fully choosing it ourselves. So we're either reacting, like you said, to the other camp, or this is what I'm familiar with. So I'm just going to go along with it, having not really totally thought either of them through. Right. And I think that's what you were starting to say. And um, and I know I had some interactions with you and I, I I remember making it very clear, like from my perspective, I am so OK with like whatever you choose, but I want to make sure you've explored it and that I do definitely want to make sure you do. And I remember because I think I was coaching you in Mansoor at the time. Um, yeah. And, and Gertrude, that. I think I think that. Uh, the conversation helped really, I think part of it was also the way you approached the conversation. It was more curiosity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, okay. So that's, that's your choice and, and there's no right or wrong, but have you considered the other options? And, and also, would you mind if I tell you about my own experience and, and what I thought the benefits were with a natural birth? And would mm-hmm. you be interested in talking to people around it? And, and it was a much more gentler approach than, oh my God, I can't believe that you're such a horrible person for considering a medicated birth, um, where I felt I was on the defensive. And sure. it was more uh, asking me questions about, well, have you looked into it? Yeah. Uh, and how have you looked into it? Or who have you spoken to about it? And that actually got me to thinking, and I started doing more research. Yeah. And which is great. Um, and I did my own scientific research, delving more into what does what is the definition of a medicated birth? What are the pros and cons and risks associated with it? And you know, being a scientist, I actually pulled up studies mm-hmm. uh, and started reading through that, and then also reading testimonials of women who've had natural birth and getting realistic perspectives of pros and cons. It wasn't just oh my gosh, everything is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And spiritual, this is, these are some of the challenges as well. Sure. And so I felt that I got a more realistic perspective and it gave me more of a platform to, to make a decision. But I think that uh, a lot of my underlying beliefs started coming out about myself as I did the research, because as I started seeing everything laid out before me, then I realized, well, I don't know if I'm strong enough to handle the pain of childbirth. and realize that growing up, I always had a view that I was fragile. Mm. And, you know, it it was, you know, when I was a child, I had a lot of food allergies, and I was sick a lot. And I used to, um, I was a fussy eater. So everything combined, I was quite scrawny for a good portion of my childhood. And I realized that I thought I was fragile and that carried into adulthood, Mm -hmm. even though I'm, I'm, I've actually been quite athletic. (laughs) I've snow, I snowboard and, you know, I, I've done extreme sports and, and things like that, but I always viewed myself fragile, even throughout all of that. And, uh, and then I realized as it came to childbirth that I did not think that I was woman enough 
to bear the pain of natural birth, that it would be too much, it'll overtake me. And therefore, I needed a medicated birth in order to be able to pull it through. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women. And coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go. It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up, but now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Yeah, to even to make yeah. this happen and achieve. Oh, Cindy, it's so beautiful how you're articulating it. And I definitely don't think you're alone. And <laughs> I love how you brought in the childhood experience of how that that wiring, you know, contributed to then, you know, we're in a culture where that's just kind of the norm and what's expected. And why would why would anybody in their sound mind choose that pain when you could choose not to. And mm-hmm. um, so there's once you turned, you know, toward maybe there are some positives about that choice and you started exploring it, then that allowed some of these deeper, you know, childhood beliefs and fears come to the surface. And then yeah. and then you were able to explore and be with that. So 
keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah. uh, I didn't fully decide until very close to my yeah, first exactly. daughter's yeah. birth. And um, I did the research and it was one of those situations where I had a hard time pulling the trigger one way or another. And I, and, uh, we, my husband and I did go to, you know, we did our regular childbirth classes with the hospital. We attended a, a couple of sessions with this, uh, midwife who, you know, talked about the situations that arise during, uh, childbirth and, uh, realized, uh, so I'm, I don't know if people have realized, but I can be a control freak, right? Uh, you know, I like to be in control. That's the, you know, being in co uh, compliance, uh, I'm very structured. <laughs> yes. And uh, realized that uh, there are a couple things that I, well, a couple things that I didn't realize as I did the research. And as I actually thought about what would it physically feel like realizing with an epidural, I would not have any sensation in the lower half of my body. And realizing that, oh my goodness, I, I don't want to have any, I, I want to have sensation, even if it's pain. Mm -hmm. um, so all of these questions, but still the underlying concern that will I be able to manage all of that? And so um, uh, we actually did two weeks before my daughter's birth, we actually did a breathwork session. Yeah. I, I, and my husband and I did it together. Yes. Yeah. And with me, um, I was with there. you, yeah, <laughs> with you. And uh, I remember distinctly coming out of that breathwork session, realizing that uh, all of my beliefs that I was not enough to handle anything was really all puff of smoke, mm -hmm. and that actually I am able to handle whatever life threw my way. And, uh, you know, I handled whatever life threw my way and I've had very challenging circumstances in my life and I've been able to triumph through all of that. And, and where, who was I to think that, uh, I was not made for this purpose. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So two weeks before my daughter was born, we decided, okay, we'll do, we're going to go for a natural birth. That's when we started looking for a doula to support us. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and the scramble began. But uh, it was interesting because there were a couple of points where I wanted to put a back door mm -hmm. that, well, I will try it, but if I can't handle it, I'll do a medicated birth. And it was only until I made the decision that, okay, I'm going to do a natural birth. Mm -hmm. Only then did I actually relax. Yeah. Because I think the indecisiveness and feeling that mm. I need a backdoor was another way that I wasn't believing in myself. Mm. And, you know, and I, and, um, yeah, so that's how, um, oh, that's, that's so beautiful because they're how the surrendering gave you more security, you know, that we don't always mm -hmm. think that, right. We think, but the, the total giving yourself over and that's so feminine and, you know, that's an aspect that I think everything you're talking about was how you've turned toward, um, you know, believing in yourself and, and your capacity as a woman. Um, there's one mm -hmm. other aspect I want to bring up from my memory and, and correct me if I, I'm wrong or after time now um, that this is, I'm not remembering this right, but another aspect that I remember coming out of that breath work was 
that you did get so clear, like I am enough, but there was a, something that I was, I remember being really touched and moved by was you said, I realized in that breath work and had been afraid of the, not just that you wouldn't be enough, but of the, were you enough for the aliveness? So a lot of times we focus mm -hmm. on like, can I stand the pain and will I be able to, you know, withstand the pain, but you became very aware that, oh, but am I going to be, am I enough to handle the aliveness that I'm going to fail? And I just, I feel a little too mm -hmm. during it. Um, well, cause it yeah, was so you know, powerful. I, I, yeah. You know, Gertrude, uh, yeah, as you're talking about that, yeah, like there, you know, and and this aliveness piece has come up multiple times, not just during childbirth, but afterwards. So I think that um, it's such a critical element. Like I, going back to, you know, my myself and my the way that I've grown up, I've been very controlled, and part of the fear that I had was. You know, if I, if, if I relinquish all control to this unknown, to this natural childbirth, where it, it, it actually, there's, obviously there could be medical intervention if it was required, but it was just in that process of childbirth, it's really me with the unknown mm. and it's me with the child and it's with me um, like, you know, taking this child from my womb and bringing the child into the world. There was this amazing level of wonder and aliveness that is within my body. And in, in, and it's not something that can be controlled. So the, and you wouldn't want to control it. And, and I think that fear that I felt around my aliveness of me being free, like in the wind, giving this child, bringing this child to the world was, um, was exciting and also extremely threatening yeah. because I created my life prior to that in right, very nice compartments that were easy to manage. And if I went to a natural childbirth and if I went through all of this, I would be the one that would um, be the core of it all. Yeah. And I was afraid that I wasn't enough to be that core. Mm. And so uh, yeah, it was, uh, and you know, it, and, and I think this fear of aliveness has come up multiple times uh, uh, since then as well, when it comes to, you know, not just childbirth, but, after having my children. And so it, well, that's yeah, something it, I wanted something, to, I want to underline yeah. here and then you can say a little bit more about it because you're speaking into it, but if you want to name anything specific about how, you know, these, these were big choices and then you stepped into it and then you followed through. And I, I was there after you, right after you gave birth, because you had this beautiful birth um with Alia <laughs> that I missed because you just were <laughs> amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah, wanted, you know, I, I think yeah. yeah well there's two things. So you can you might like that might have brought something up too that I, I didn't intend to, but maybe then there, but also, you know, these choices and we we want it so that we have this experience that you're describing, but also to then it has implications in our life going forward. And you've kind of said that like this aliveness thing has come up for me. And um, would there be ways that you would say that having made this choice and having had this experience that 
they were transformative for you in and of themselves, but that how they carried then in some ways into your life in other in mothering your children and your relationship and your career, just if there were other places that you would name how this impacted you. Hmm. In your well, in your self-discovery, your journey. Well, I think uh like there were a couple of ways. Um Actually, like, you know, one thing that I also realize is with, with my second daughter, when, um, when she was being born, uh, you know, so I went into labor and then stopped and went into labor and stopped and, you know, my water broke and, you know, stopped and, and, uh, you know, during that process, again, it was the fear of line aliveness came up because, mm. I, I really, you know, I, I've been blessed to have two wonderful pregnancies and, you know, I've had challenges. I had gestational diabetes. I had some other issues, but for the most part, they were wonderful pregnancies and I enjoyed being pregnant. And with our second daughter, we had already, we had already decided that we were going to stop after two. And I realized, I think, 18 hours after my water broke that I wasn't ready to let go of the pregnancy. So my daughter was ready to come out and I was the one that was holding her in, Mm. so to speak, in a way. And, um, you know, my husband and I, we we sat down and we we talked and, you know, I cried and you know, I, I mourned the, the beauty of pregnancy mm-hmm. and, and also just thought about welcoming in the unknown, like the fear of bringing another child into the house. Like everything was great with our unit of three. And now what is it going to look like bringing the fourth one in? And, you know, and, and I, we discussed it and I cried and comforted me. And, and I kid you not. After that, five minutes after that, my labor pain started and my daughter came out in 15 minutes. Like, you know, she was just, you know, she was waiting for me to get to my realization. But I think also uh, I was clamping down on my own aliveness of letting go into that unknown, into what will be. And I was clamping down into I don't want things to change yet, you know, and 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 um, and that was clamping down on my own aliveness. And so, um, I feel like that's one very clear example sure. that come that comes to me. Yeah, and, and and I know there are more. I mean, I know you, and I'm going to underline again why we have a lot of conversations to have <laughs> um, coming. And I had in my mind that we would squeeze in two more specific topics, but um, we're getting we're getting close to our time that we have allotted for this one. So I'm excited because. I know that actually, I think I have about four more topics with you um, to cover, <laughs> but I think it's so important for, yes, I mean, I share and I share my experience and, and I share, you know, what the kind of the aspects of what it looks like when we dive deep into, you know, um, uh, our mistaken beliefs and our wiring, you know, and why I call it rewrite the mother code, because we have upbringing beliefs that are in our formation. And then we have our cultural beliefs, which, you know, I, I know have played a part in other aspects of your mothering and your, um, your experience that we want to touch on too. So then how do we make those bigger choices, which you shared about today? And then once we do, 
what is what opens up for us and i think you've done such a beautiful job sharing what opened up for you you know and the these aspects of yourself and things that ways that you doubted yourself but then you discover no i'm not this fragile little girl anymore no i'm i can i am enough and i'm more than enough to um and woman enough to be with whatever's there the aliveness the pain the the fear you know and all the aspects and i can encompass all that and every time you got to that point as you described it, like I, I felt free or I felt like, um, mm-hmm. like ready to go. So that's kind of the letting go of control allowed you to have more control and, and opened up these big spaces for you to have these experiences that would not have been available to you otherwise. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an excellent point, Gertrude. The, you know, the, there's just, um, there's just, uh, such an, um, awareness that I had after I made the choice, mm-hmm. because I think that it's almost like when, until I made the choice that I was going to step through that door, you know, the door of going, going for natural childbirth or going yeah. for, um, you know, letting my pregnancy go with my second and, you know, um, inviting her into this world. I, I think until I made that choice, I had a very limited purview. because I was scared and I was very much closed off because of my fear. But as soon as I made that choice, I feel like there were all these other possibilities that, that came into my, into my visual sphere, you know, things that were, I was unable to see at that point and, and also unable to feel because Mm -hmm. I was, I almost feel like I was like this tight little ball with a shell around it. But as soon as I opened up, then I was able to feel more of my emotions. And I think that it, it helped to have people who were supportive along the way, uh, people that I could talk to my husband, um, you know, us talking about the journey a lot beforehand that helped a lot. So we can really identify what is it that we want like, what do we want it to look like? What do we want it to feel like, taste like? And it's not going to turn out how we want it to be always. Mm-hmm. But let's declare it. Because I think that was another belief that oh, you don't time. talk about it too much because you'll end up getting disappointed or you might jinx it, oh, right? And yeah. um, so don't go down that route, you know? And and uh, yeah, so it was, I, I feel like, the more that I made the choice and stepped into it, I feel like there were more paths that opened up at that point mm-hmm. for me to consider. I love that. It, how our fear restricts us, how our limited thinking only gives us so many options, but then opening up, you had so many more options and, mm-hmm. and possibilities. And I love underlining. And that's, you know, another thing that we'll talk about is how later on, um, how, how much you and Manzor have partnered and shared and how much the the couple has played a part in your mothering, which is a, another huge aspect. So, yeah, um, uh, you know, Gretchen, right, no, go ahead. I, I know we're at time, but I know that's okay have to throw in. I have to throw in a last um, item in that. I think when, when I was going in this path of discovery and then I did the breath work and I was at a point where I was be open and receptive to like, you know, that, oh, you know, I'm going to, I I am probably going to do something that I never thought I could do. And I was really entertaining that as a possibility. I just have to say my first daughter's delivery 
you already mentioned it, that you missed it, but it was super fast in Mm -hmm. that I showed up at the hospital and she came out in 15 minutes. It was three pushes. And I remember, um, you know, actually the hospital staff panicking, (laughs) Um, but you know, I had a support, somebody there to support me and my husband were there and they said, focus on the delivery. Don't focus on the chaos that's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Focus on you and your body. That's all you need to focus on. And because of that, you know, it was just such a, um, such a profound experience, but it, it was, it, it was something that I thought, oh my gosh, I could do it. I did do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What did I just do? You know, it was really, it was really amazing, but I think I would have not, I would have missed out on that opportunity if I didn't go through this inquiry. Totally. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to underline one more point, which is, and I remember talking to you and Manzur about this while you were in the inquiry of, you know, are we going to do it at, you know, the natural route or not? And I I remember saying, well, one of the advantages is presence and consciousness and that you are, you are then fully present. And I think that's something you, you just spoke to and embodied, like you, you were able to, when you needed to then bring your focus and your presence into yourself and into you and not, because otherwise it'd be so easy to like lose yourself in the chaos of what's going around on around you. And you brought your energy where it was needed. And you had yeah. full presence of mind to do that, which is beautiful. And, and I think Gertrude, like I, that it's, it's so funny that you say that because, um, when I, when I pushed, uh, you know, my, my daughter came down the birth canal pretty quickly and, uh, the doctors, uh, you know, they didn't hear a heartbeat. And so they were going to actually wheel me off for a C-section and my husband and my doula told me that, okay, you need to focus all of your energy on your pelvis. Like, you know, your body was straining all over when during that last push, just focus all of that energy, just to one area, relax everything else. And they said, you have one more push. And and if it doesn't work, then they're going to wheel you in a first C-section. And so I relaxed everything and I gave that one push and my daughter came out. Wow. I have goosebumps. And so just like you were saying, channeling, yeah. I didn't I remember channeled. that part, Sanjita. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. and you had the presence to be able to do that and mm-hmm. the awareness. And that's yeah. all part. I mean, what we didn't even talk about was all the work that it took to get you, you know, that you are dedicated to, to bring you to this place. Like that wasn't easy, you know, that we're, we're talking about, you know, someone who's been working on her presence and consciousness to that point that was able to do that, you know, and mm-hmm. was it, it was a big part that you made the choice, but you had also been practicing those muscles in other ways. Uh, leading mm-hmm. up to it. So I don't want to, you know, dismiss that aspect of, of your readiness for that. So clearly, I, I would love to go on for hours. And I'm so I, I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity and we get to revisit um, this beautiful, beautiful and inspiring space. And um, will you return to my podcast so we can talk about more uh inspiring aspects from your perspective is do i have your uh, agreement to return so we can talk oh yes of don't course have to worry about what they're missing on all these things we've alluded to and <laughs> oh yes yes <laughs> of course okay good good so i can assure assure everyone that we will have you back because you have some of the really beautiful things that i want to make sure we cover with everybody but Thank you so much, so, so much for being here today. 
and we'll, we'll be, you know, sharing this. And I know a lot of women, many, many women are going to be so inspired by your story. Oh, thank you so much, Gertrude. Thank you for asking me and having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you love this episode, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you can stay on the journey and continue to hear more about rewriting your mother code.